Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 320 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Astrid Price, a phenomenal photographer from Austria. Astrid has some of the most creative and mind-bending images that I've seen, and it was great to get to know her through the podcast and to get to learn what her approaches are to making her exceptional images. In this episode, you'll learn how her approach to photography has not only set her on a path of self-expression, but it has also completely transformed her as a person. Before we get going, I want to let you know that entries are now open for the third year of the Natural Landscape Photography Awards. We've added new categories, made further clarifications to our rules, and we've created an entirely new judging panel with only Theo Bosboom returning for year three. In addition to Theo, we are excited to add Charlotte Gibb, Victoria Hack, Michael Shanebloom, and Andy Mumford to our panel this year, which should really spice things up considerably. As always, please let me know if you have any questions and thanks for supporting this initiative, which showcases and promotes landscape photography that honors truthful depictions of nature. Remember, on top of the over $13,000 in cash that we'll be giving away, over 100 photographers will be chosen to be featured in our fine art photography book. And if you're selected, you get a book at no cost, which is something that no other competition offers. Just go to naturallandscapeawards.com to get started today. Okay, let's get to this week's episode with Astrid Price. All right, Astrid Price, it is so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Mip. I'm really honored and excited to be here. I've, I've been a very big fan of your photography, and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me. Wow. Well, that's a great honor to hear because uh, usually I think my, my photography isn't well known. I'm, I'm not a pro photographer and I'm, I'm just putting my stuff out there, um, just being passionate about what I'm doing. So that's a huge honor that. It certainly shines through in your work. So, and I think Alistair Ben recommended you for the podcast as well. So he did, yes, yes. <laughs> that already yeah. was exciting to hear. So it was like, oh my God. <laughs> Right. Well, for people that aren't familiar with you and your great photography, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm living in Austria. I'm Austrian, so English is not my native language. And I live in Graz. Graz is a medium-sized city in the southeast of Austria. And we are surrounded by forests and mountains, so nature is not very far away from me. I can go outside and within half an hour, I'll, I'll be on a mountain or in a forest. And I really love that. I don't have any children. Um, I work in a research center and I'm not a scientist. I'm just working in administration there. And I love just to be outside. You know? Do you have any pets? Pets? No, I don't have any pets. Okay. I would love to have cats, but I'm... I'm working a lot, so yeah, maybe when I'm retired, I miss. Oh, well, you can you can borrow my cats. I yeah. have four of them, and actually nice. one of them's in here right now. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, how how did you get into nature photography? Oh, I I got into nature photography really late in my life. So when when I was young, I didn't have anything to do with photography. Yeah, this was this was nothing that was done in my family. 
So I started actually picking up a camera in 2015, 2015 because I, I had been caregiver to my sick parents for, for many, many years. And after my mother had died, I really had the feeling that there was nothing left of me. Mm. And I needed something to, to do that was actually just for myself. And I happened to run into some people at an online Osprey camera. It was a live camera on an Osprey nest where I met some people who were actually in photography. And at some point I thought, maybe I get a camera. <laughs> and so I went to a camera shop and got myself a camera and took a first course that was called uh, Get to Know Your Camera. And, and then I went outside and pointed my camera at everything. And, and that right. was the beginning of it. So I had no idea what I was doing. Nice. Yeah. And before that, you, uh, you didn't have a big uh, interest in spending time in nature? Or yeah. how, did, how did that come about? Yeah, I've, I've always been outside in nature. I was, oh, okay. I, was, I was an only child. And my parents were working and I was alone a lot. So I loved to be outside in the forest and I was dreaming up my own worlds there. I was writing fairy tales and poems and playing outside. And that was a pretty, yeah, let's say I, I felt like a very odd child that didn't fit in well because, yeah, I love to be outside. So nature was always important for me. So when I actually started with photography, uh, it was clear to me that I wanted to do something outside. Although I had no idea if it would be macros, wildlife, nature as a whole, landscapes. I just wandered around with my camera and pointed my lens at, at stuff. And this was usually, yeah, like decaying leaves and things in puddles and, and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. It almost sounds like uh, photography has kind of rekindled your kindred spirit in terms of how you used to play in nature and yeah. imagine all of these fairy tales and things like that. Would you say that photography has kind of opened up some of those doors for you? Absolutely. For me, it was when, when I discovered that being... I was, at the time when I picked up the camera, I was, I was very much depressed and full of anxieties. And what was a problem for me was that I, I had built a persona for myself over the years that was interacting with the world, but my true self was hidden very deep inside of me. I, I was really afraid of, of opening up to other people, of letting people get close. And so I, when I was out in nature, it was for me like uh, looking through my viewfinder, uh, I became totally one with what I was looking at. I could be sitting uh, beside a river or a pond and just looking into the water and totally losing myself. And uh, for me, being outside and being there and interacting with nature uh, gave me the possibility to reconnect with myself in a way that I usually, in my, when I was at work or when I was interacting with other people, I didn't, I didn't really dare doing that. I was always playing a part and not being myself. And when I was out there, I was just being myself. At what point did you make the realization that you were playing a part and that photography was giving you an alternative real reality to represent yourself. Yeah, that was actually uh, when COVID hit. 
because before everything was, I, I was trying to be a photographer. I wanted to have my own style. I wanted to have my own voice. And I was really dissatisfied with myself because I seemed to be all over the place with my stuff and nothing really worked for me. I didn't really know what I wanted. And by the end of 2019, I was really burned out, very depressed, very full of anxieties. And then when COVID hit, I was forced to slow down. We couldn't work as usually, and all of a sudden I had more time. And I started spending this time uh, trying to find uh, my way into photography a little, a little more. I started to watch YouTube videos of other photographers. I started to, uh, to consider what it could be for me. And that was the time when I also ran into Alistair Ben. And I was fascinated by this a concept of expressive photography. Because I thought, uh, first I thought, what is this? What, can, can photography be something else than making pretty pictures? And uh, I stuck with this, and when he offered mentorships, I started a mentorship with him in 2021, and that's when I really started to discover myself and to feel that by using this expressive element of photography, I could pour all these emotions that I had actually denied, that I uh, had said, I don't even have them, I'm not capable of that that I could pour them all into my photography and express things that I couldn't express verbally by just making images. And a lot of that stuff that I made at that time was very quirky and weird and odd and not beautiful, absolutely not beautiful. Uh, but it was just an expression of my, my emotions at that time. And they were not all beautiful and, and, and playful. And I realized that I can, that there is something inside me that I didn't let out and that it was worth engaging with it and that it was worth letting it out. And photography was uh, for me the way to do it. And the more I used my photography for expressing myself, the easier it became for me to also engage with other people and to open up to other people uh, in real life. So it was a, a real catalyst for me doing this. For my for my own personal development, so yeah. So I I am not an expert on Austrian culture, but I am just curious, and you can tell me if I'm completely okay. off base, and we'll move on. But is there a bit of a culture in Austria for kind of more rigid? Not really. Inter no, like it's not, it's not really. Like, no. Okay. Okay. No, 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 not really. Not really. No, it's um, people are really open here usually. Okay. Yeah. No, it's I not was... that. It's not that. It's just it was just me being <laughs> me being weird. So. <laughs> no, I was just curious. Like, oh, maybe photography is completely transcended culture, and that's amazing. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so amazing that uh, when I look at the, the people I'm in contact with, I mean, you are in the USA, and I know people from all over the world now. And right. A few years ago, I didn't know anybody because I just didn't let anybody get close. And now through photography, I, I know so many people. I mean, I don't know them in person. I haven't met them in person, but it's just opened the world for me. Hmm. And that's, that's amazing. So 
I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper in this idea, and I'd be curious to learn a little bit more about how photography has aided you in finding a path of self-expression and how that's helped you kind of shed what you would call your emotional armor. What is that? I'm really curious to hear what that's looked like in terms of your actual process. Okay, what it did for me was when I when I started uh, looking at my images. When when I stopped, when I st- it actually happened when I stopped uh, trying to make something to please others. Uh, when I went out into the landscape and I saw something that moved me, and that was usually not something that was nice. Well, that was beautiful, but something that was odd and dark and weird and, and a bit complicated. And it spoke to me. And I embraced this and made images of these things. And somehow I realized that uh, what I was doing was when people, when, when you're really in trouble and we have problems and you are depressed, uh, you actually, it actually helps you to, to talk to somebody about it. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Uh, but what I could do was I used my images to express these things. And the more I realized what this was doing to me, and that through uh, the use of expressive arts, and it doesn't have to be photography, it also can be painting or sculpting, but I can't paint that, I can't sculpt. But you can, you can uh, find for yourself, I think, it's a sort of a, a, a valve or a release for your emotions. And uh, my personal development has really gone hand in hand with my photographic development uh, because I really, I realized how through looking at my images and how, through being in nature and through being outside, I realized that all the, the pressure was released and I was able to to find some joy that I didn't find before. Does this make I, sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense to me. Uh, it makes total sense. I, I was wondering as well, you're talking about having these epiphanies in terms of capturing these images of things that you're interested in that are, aren't necessarily beautiful, but they are representing some emotional uh, things for you. And I'm curious what role having a mentor played in terms of being able to kind of bounce these ideas off of somebody and having them help kind of walk you through what some of these images mm-hmm. may or may not mm-hmm. represent for you. Can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about what that was like? Yeah, well, we actually did. Uh, we didn't so much talk about the individual images. And uh, we actually never talked about how to do this or how to make this. Uh, what we did was uh, when we started what was that we were talking about how uh, these the Im- we looked at the images and how these images what the and and he made me explain what do you feel when you look at it and first this was really difficult for me because how can i analyze my images and i'm still struggling with that but when you you stay with your image for 10 minutes or 20 minutes and to start looking at it, not uh, on a superficial level, but you really try to identify why did, why did I point my camera there? Why did I look at this? Why did I choose this angle? Because I don't do it, I don't do it on purpose. I just I go out there and most of the stuff that I do is very um, intuitive. 
I don't plan, I don't pre-visualize or something like that. So when I look at the image afterwards, I, uh, and, and I ask myself, what does it mean to you? And this was a lot of the process that we did. So uh, what never happens that, the, that Alistair told me, yeah, you have to do it this way, you should do it that way. Or, uh, but he always encouraged me to, to question myself, to challenge myself, to, to ask myself questions that some, sometimes were not easy to answer. And, and he really also urged me to peel away this, this, this armor that I was wearing, in a way, and to open up. And, you know, he is a very open person himself. And when you are confronted with somebody who is that open, uh, you, you also get encouraged to open up, in a way. And, yeah, and I think yeah, that, so, that's so how it started. That makes sense. So, obviously, you as a person have grown and transformed through that process, which is amazing. Yeah. But I'm also curious, how have your photographs transformed and evolved through that process? Yeah. Uh, when I look at the images now that I made around when I started 2015 and uh, 2016, 2017, I was still very much uh, making images of things. I, I was photographing without leaves and, and mostly intimate landscapes. Uh, but it was always something that I saw and that I, I made an image of. Uh, what I'm doing now is more uh, that I am trying to uh, make an image of a feeling. Uh, and uh, you have seen images from me, they are not following a certain style. Because I really, I really decided to, to no longer try to, to have my own style or follow a certain style because I think I, think I am uh, so different every day. I have different moods, I have different feelings. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm happy, sometimes I'm sad, sometimes I'm angry. And when I go outside and I make images, they usually always represent uh, one moment in time. And so I have images that when, when, I, when I'm in front of, a, uh, of, I love the sea, when I'm in front of the sea and there are sea stacks and it's beautiful, I might just make a very literal image of this landscape because I'm totally in awe of this landscape. And that's fine for me because that's what I feel in the moment. And then I might be down at the river and I might uh, just look at the ripples, the, the the movement of the water and the sun make in the river and I point my camera at that and I may, might make a very minimalistic abstract image of just one ripple in the water or maybe just of bokeh. I make photographs of nothing actually because I, I feel like that at the moment. And another day I, I might go completely crazy and make, might make something completely abstract with um, multiple exposures, blending in Photoshop, completely abstract. And it totally depends on how I feel. And uh, one thing is what I want to express, what I'm feeling at the moment. And the second thing is, and that's a bit more difficult, is uh, what do I want? Is there something special that I want to say with it that I hope that other people might understand because that's where communication, visual communication gets, gets really difficult. Yeah. I wanted to ask you related to this, because I think this has been a part of your journey as well. 
um, through this process that you recently wrote, I think you wrote a blog post or something where you talked about, here's what I'm doing with my photography and I don't think it's photography anymore and is mm -hmm. that a problem or not? And I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I would love for you to talk a little bit about yeah. kind of what that thought process was like for you and kind of yeah. what realizations you've made. Yeah, that's, this was actually a couple of months ago when I started really going abstract with stuff, when I started throwing together different images and making completely abstract stuff. Uh, and all of a sudden, there's still this, when we think we are photographers, I called myself, first I called myself a, a nature photographer, then I called myself a landscape photographer, then I'm a photographer, and then I started doing this stuff. And then I thought, oh, wow, I already almost felt a bit bad about it, because I thought, well, is that still photography? Can I still call myself photographer when I'm doing things like that? And, and this was that thought process. And then I thought, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's completely irrelevant what I'm doing. I, I could be uh, cutting out stuff from, from, a, from a magazine and sitting on my living room floor and putting together something. When it's expressing what I'm feeling, it's okay. Because I, I'm not, uh, I don't have to justify myself. Uh, I can do what I want. I'm, I'm not a pro photographer. Nobody's expecting anything from me. So why should I put myself under the pressure of, of complying to things that other people might expect from me? Because nobody is expecting anything from me. So I, I yeah. came to the conclusion that I can do whatever I want. And this was very liberating. So, Yes. Yeah. yeah, what is it? I think Guy Tao calls himself a creative that uses a camera or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, like... it's, yeah, I mean, in 2020, I went to, to Venice uh, for when it was in the middle of COVID, but we were allowed to travel again. And it was a great idea to go to Venice without any people. And I was using a night train and they stole my gear. So my backpack with all my gear was stolen. The only thing that I still had was uh, my phone. Uh, so I, I didn't go home because I said it's stolen anyway, so it doesn't matter. And I started making images with my phone there. And then I realized that it's completely irrelevant because the creative process, uh, it's in my head. It's not, it's not in my camera. It's not in my phone. And I could have tried to draw something there. And if I didn't have anything, I would have been creative anyway, because it's here. It's, it's, it's not in the gear we use or in the, in the tools we use. And this was a revelation too. So yes, no. yes, yes, yes. It's equipment is relatively irrelevant. I mean, obviously it plays a factor in some things, but you know, yeah. in terms of creative expression, it's just a tool. It's just a tool. Yeah. 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 I'm curious you know going back to your childhood or as you were growing up and you know working in the workforce things like that did you have other forms of creative outlet that you explored and when i was a kid when i was a kid i i liked to write i wrote fairy tales and poems but i always um i never i never did anything with it and when i grew up i totally forgot about this this creative child that was roaming the woods and and playing up stories and then conjuring up stories and then yeah just being in my own world and yeah i started uh i was a very lonely teenager and i desperately started to 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 try to fit in 
because when you're at a certain age and you're with your peers, you just want to fit in. You, you don't want to be the oddball. You don't want to be different. You want, you, you want to be part of it. And I really couldn't, but I tried. And so I put all these, these things that I thought were weird about myself, I put them in a box and it, I, I buried them as deep as possible because I didn't want them. And they stayed there for a very, very long time. So because, yeah, that's that's. And you I'm... and you and you wrapped them up in a bunch of armor. Yeah, exactly. More or less. More or less. Yeah. 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 I know you had mentioned that uh, you work in a research center that's uh, working towards trying to replace uh, biotechnological processes with more environmentally sustainable ones. Yeah. And I, I know you had mentioned you're not a scientist, that you're more mm -hmm. of an administrative person, but I was kind of curious still to learn if there's any intersection with that line of work and your yeah. photography in terms of how you see nature or, or how your photography is impacting how you engage mm -hmm. in that work. Yeah, I've been working there for a very long time, so I'm, I'm not a scientist, but um, I know what's going on and I'm really, really impressed with what the people do there. Because it's it's uh, all types of, of projects in in agriculture, in pharma, in environment, in trying to uh, recycle plastics and finding new methods, and they really try to use environmentally friendly methods for for that and more sustainable methods. So what we all have in common is the love for nature, and for making things better for the world and for nature. And so. I really, I love my job. I, it's, it's sometimes stressful, but I always say um, I, I wouldn't want to work somewhere else. So I, I really like it. Um, the connection with my photography, there, there's not really a connection with my photography, other than that sometimes for events uh, at work, uh, they ask me to make some images. Uh, but what we are going to do, um, in the next few years is try to create uh, projects at the intersection between art and science to, to bridge a gap between parts of the population who usually don't talk to each other. So I mm -hmm. might do something with that, I think. Gotcha. Maybe. That's exciting. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, you've worked there for a long time, you said, and you know, you've gone through this transformation since 2019. I'm wondering if the people that you work most closely with at your job would say that they've noticed any changes in you as a person since yeah. you've taken on photography in the way that you have. Yeah, I, I think they have. And some have already said to me, you've changed. Because the, the problem that I had before I started uh, this process, personal process and, and photographic process, was that for me, uh, I had to negotiate with people in the framework of my work and to be with people and talk to people. And this was really difficult for me, really difficult for me. I struggled and it stressed me out. And uh, what I for myself realized was that I'm much more relaxed now when talking to other people. And I've started being much more authentic and much more myself. And that also helps at work. That's absolutely, absolutely. Because when I started opening up, that transcended obviously to all parts of my life. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. It really. It really changed. It changed my life. It changed my life.
Yeah, and the, yes. at the moment we are in the process where we are applying the funding for the, for the next five years. And we were in the same situation in 2019 when I ended up really depressed and burned out. And I can feel that now I have a much better tool set for, for not getting in that situation again. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that I've noticed uh, across the board with a lot of photographers is that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Especially with social media and things of that nature. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts on how we as a community can encourage other photographers to put less pressure on themselves to be as performative. And I'm curious, kind of what, what's your secret for that? The first thing that I, that I decided for myself, and that's different for everybody, and I, I greatly admire people who make their living uh, from, from their photography, but I am in the very good position from my point of view that I don't have to earn my living from photography. So there is no need for myself to put pressure on myself. And uh, I know that many people who don't earn money with their photography, who are not pros, put that pressure on themselves anyway. And so I, I post on social media, but honestly, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to me if I get a like there. What I do appreciate, and that's, I think that's human nature, is when uh, people whom I admire as a photographer uh, react to my images. Yeah, that, that's nice. And I mean, it's, I think that's human. But I don't put any pressure on, on myself when it comes to social media. But of course, uh, yeah, everybody needs, everybody needs to be appreciated and wants to be appreciated. And I would be lying if I said I'm totally, totally ignorant and I, I, I'm not interested in what other people say because that's just not true. And I think that's, that's not true for anybody. But I don't, uh, I, I, I love photography. If I start putting pressure on myself, uh, it would spoil it for me. So, and, and, and I don't want to do this. I want to enjoy it. I, I want to remember what it did for me and what it meant to me. Yeah, and I think that all boils down to what motivates each person um, individually in terms of, you know, what gets them out of bed and what, you know, gives them the energy to put the backpack on with all the lenses in it and drive three hours or whatever to capture yeah. an image. You know, for some people, it's the connection with nature and it's the, the prospect of having an experience where you can do self, express yourself, things like that. And for other people... They're perfectly content with, you know, photography being something that they're, they're driven by monetary gains and, and followers and things like that. And I don't yeah. necessarily think there's a right or wrong, but yeah. I don't know. I think you do see a difference in the results. Yeah. I think that for, for I know, I know uh, pros who are really uh, authentic and I have a, a huge respect for these people. Because this is such a balancing act to, to have the necessity of, of earning your money with your photography and staying authentic and not just making stuff that other people expect from you. So for, for all these photographers who manage that and who can do that, uh, I, have a, I have a huge respect for them. I have a huge respect for them. But it's, it's not easy. And I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to do it. And so, yeah. 
Well, earlier you had mentioned that uh, visual communication has some challenges, and I'm curious, from your perspective, what are some of the pitfalls of visual communication, and how can we overcome them? Mm. I, I think that communication as a whole, also when we talk to each other or when we write something, you just can't expect that people uh, actually really completely understand what you wanted to say and what you want to say or express. And I think it's even more difficult when you're using a visual language. And so for me, I decided that I, I, have, no, um, I have no right to other people understanding what I want to say. I can't expect from them that they uh, totally get me and I just need to get away from the point where I really expect that. So what I do is uh, with my images, I express myself, I express my feelings, I know what I want to say or what they say to me, these, these images, but, uh, and I put them out there as a sort of an offering. And uh, if somebody looks at them and says, this image does something for me, it, it speaks to me, it's, uh, it has a message for me, then I'm happy. And if this message is completely different from what was intended, it's fine too. Mm -hmm. And I really love when people start discussing about my images and see different things in them. And that, that's really exciting. And I just don't expect people to, to exactly get what I meant. It's, it's not, it, it not input, it's not output. It's, it's, there is always some, some difference in how people perceive things, and I think that's okay. Yeah. I'm curious, when you, when you put your images out there like that, are you being explicit in terms of describing in words <laughs> what the image was meant to be for you, or are you just kind of putting it out there and letting the picture speak for itself? Yeah. It's... It depends. I, when I post something on Instagram, I, I usually put just a title, uh, sometimes a little haiku or something like this, so people might get a hint. So I, I do write something, but I sometimes think it's too much. Sometimes I would just love to just put the image out there. Um, but I always try to ask people when, when, they are, when they are ready to engage to, to ask them what, it, what does it mean to you. So we have this um, expressive community, uh, expressive photography community, um, and there we, we can put images out with a so-called deep dive where we try to ask people, look, look at this image, what does it do to you? Sometimes there is a, a vivid discussion, sometimes there isn't. So, but this is a different, this is a different place where we just uh, try things out and, and yeah, but on social media, I don't write too much, I think, about my images because, yeah, I don't want to direct them too much in, in one direction. So. Okay. As a viewer of other people's images, would you prefer they not tell you more about it or do you want them to kind of share what their thoughts are on what the image represents for them. I, I do like to hear what they feel about it. Uh, what I'm not interested about, uh, in is when it's, an, when it's an abstract, to know what it is. Oh, okay. So, so you want complete ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. If, it, if it's an abstract, I don't, 
uh, and people tell me uh, I'm posting these images and for me it means that um, I'm, I'm expressing my anger or my whatever. That's fine. Uh, and I can also say, yes, I, I, I get that. Or for me, it, it says something completely different. But what I'm not interested in when you post in completely abstract images and somebody says, oh, well, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's actually um, this building over there that I made a double exposure of. I'm not interested in that because I, I prefer to look at the aesthetics of it and, and just uh, feel it for myself. What the actual subject was is not important for me. I'm the same way. I, I, I love mysterious images. Mm -hmm. And for me, part of the fun is trying to figure out what it is. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. even if that's unimportant, you know, sometimes it's, it's more like, okay, obviously it's not important to know like literally what this is mm. a picture of, but it's more important to think about what else is this photo trying to say. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I think too. Yeah. 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 It's, it's well, images about something and not of something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> those are the, for me, those are some of the best photos. Yeah. Well, you've talked a lot about uh, the, the importance of, of play and the concept of being playful in the field. And I'm curious how that's aided you as a photographer. Uh, I think it just gave me the possibility to not take myself too seriously. And sometimes I come up with stuff when I, I, I see something and I think that just looks cool because that's okay too. Not everything needs to have a deeper meaning and, and be completely thoughtful and... Yeah, it's all, it, it also can be just cool. And this is, and the playfulness in the field, I think, is uh, life is serious. So why not just go outside and play and try things out? And I also think that that's how children learn. They play. And I think we lose this a little bit when we grow up. And I think it's so important to do this too. And it doesn't matter if the, the image that comes out of this is, is great or if you, yeah. Sometimes it's just fun to do something. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I think it's an actual social psychology experiment. But I remember reading about it in college. But basically, they, these researchers had this like very complicated problem that involved moving all these parts around and stuff to solve it. And they gave it to a bunch of like six-year-olds or seven-year-olds. And they gave it to a bunch of adults. And the kids were able to solve it way faster because they didn't have any preconceived ideas they yeah. were just playing and experimenting and messing things up and of course the adults were all rigid and yeah. I think I think that's a great kind of example of, of kind of what you're talking about in terms of being playful will oftentimes lead to a, to a much more creative out yeah. outcome yeah yeah like I really like this it's yeah and Often when I, when I decide I go outside and I want to make images of or want to try this or I want to try that, it's when I go out planning, usually I, I come back uh, disappointed. So uh, for me, it's important to just take my camera. I hardly ever use a tripod. I usually just take my camera and go. And most of my stuff is, is handheld. And, and because I think that the tripod is... is somehow restricting me in my, my movements. I see something and I react. When I use a tripod, I'm not fast enough. 
I mean, I obviously sometimes I use it because when I was in Spain last year, I was making images of all these rock faces where I had the focus stack for that. I used it, but I'm most creative when I don't. That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah, yeah. Eliminate as many things as you can that get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how would you define your work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's very hard to define because I don't. I don't think I have a style. I mean, some people told me that my style is just being me. Um, this sounds nice. <laughs> this sounds nice. I, I really appreciate that when somebody says that. Uh, but I think it's just being open to everything. No limitations. Trying new things. Being experimental. Yeah. So, so you're, a, you're a mad scientist. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. And sometimes it's also um, contradictory because uh, when I do more, I don't want, don't even want to say literal landscapes. When I make images of landscapes, because I'm just fascinated by what's there, I'm being very restrictive with my processing. Uh, I, I do that in a very natural way. But when I do something abstract, I can go totally wild with it. So there are. It depends on my mindset and where I am and what I'm feeling when I'm looking at something. And yeah, I just don't want to put myself in a box. Absolutely not. And every time when I try out something new and I'm fascinated and excited about it, I, I need to be careful because I just see another box popping, popping up somewhere and I don't want to be in there. So yeah. I, I love that you brought up processing because what you said is very similar to the way I think when it comes to something that's a little bit more abstract or, you know, it not, isn't necessarily a representation yeah. of something that actually exists. I tend to give myself a lot more creative freedom for editing than I would if it was a, you know, a landscape, a recognizable landscape, for example, Be, and, you know, not to beat the drum on that but for me that's like it's important if I'm going to represent a landscape that it be done yep. in a realistic way so that you know people know like yeah that's what it was like to be there and and all that and they don't feel deceived and whatnot but I think when they're when you're photographing abstract scenes or even in black and white for example it's already an automatic uh detraction from reality and I don't think they're the same expectation from the viewer exists mm -hmm. that it that it, that it be natural, and I think that's totally acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had times when I thought I'm not being hypocritical because I, when I see people, me too. <laughs> when I see people popping in, uh, swapping skies or something like this, and I'm really, I'm cringing. And like, how did you come do that? And then I'm doing something completely abstract where I just throw together everything. So, uh, and then I realized it, it depends on what I'm photographing because when I'm, when I'm standing at the beach and I have this lovely scene and I want to just capture this lovely moment and this lovely scene and, or this mountain or whatever it is, then I want it to be as natural as possible and I do very little processing. But when I'm doing something abstract or something, then there, there's no need for me. To, to stay within these confinements. And for a while, yeah. I really thought, am I, am I being hypocritical? I'm doing composites without any, without feeling guilty about it. But when somebody swaps the sky, I'm like, oh. oh. So, yeah, I think it's just two different things. 
It is. I mean, you know, part of it for me is like swapping a sky is basically it's a shortcut in, <laughs> in my mind. It's it's like okay, you, you weren't patient or you're 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 not willing to yeah. put in the work uh, to get something that's naturally beautiful, um, and you want to trick your viewer into thinking you witnessed something that that mm -hmm. didn't exist. For me, the pinnacle of naturally edited landscape photography are images that can and do communicate something more than just natural beauty like it can also convey emotion in other ways mm -hmm. whether that be you know sadness or anger and, and I think that that's a that's a higher bar I think mm -hmm. for for natural landscapes yeah. because it, it's just not that easy to do I don't think yeah no, it's, I think it's difficult because when you have a scene in, in nature uh, I think the only way it's possible is if you really uh, emotionally connect with it. Because when, when you're into it, well, with your heart and your soul, I think that it, it translates into the images. And if you're just there to make an image because your audience wants it, you probably won't get it across, I think. But that's so subtle. I think it, it, it might be a very subtle difference. Because the, the subject is the same. So uh, can you really change um, the inherent emotion in your image by just changing your attitude towards it? If you stand in front of this same scene and one photographer just makes an image because they need this image for their portfolio, and the other one is just totally uh, engaged into the scene and, and fully into it with their heart and their soul, does it make a difference for the image? Yeah. It's really, diffi it's really difficult for Flip. a natural scene, for, for a more representational scene. So, I don't know. Play, playing devil's advocate, if someone swaps a sky or dramatically edits a photo mm -hmm. with the intent of conveying a specific emotion, yeah. is that okay? Yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole because I, I think, I think basically, I think that almost everything's okay in art, but I don't like the idea of being deceived. That's, that's a problem. Uh, I can, I can yeah. say I make an image to convey a certain emotion and I don't even, well, it's really difficult because I'm not even sure if you have to say it, but I think there's a lot of stuff out there that's created with the um, intent to tell people that's what I saw. And I think there it gets tricky. But it's right. very it's... hard to, to, to make, to, 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 to draw a line there, I think. Yeah, or it's implied, right? No, like really... in their description, you know, they don't, you know, I've seen some descriptions of images where people are like, and actually I've, I've poignant example of a, a scene that I was at, I was at the same spot the same day as this other mm -hmm. photographer, completely clean skies. We photographed the same subject and he dropped in a whole nother sky with these amazing clouds and mm -hmm. whatnot. And then his description was like, oh, this was such an amazing sunset. I can't believe I got to witness this. I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't say like, and, and, and it was an amazing sunset. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But like the way that he conveyed it through the image was not true to what was actually experienced. Yeah. And I just, I didn't like, I just didn't like the way that made me feel. 
for whatever reasons. Yeah, so I think I think intent is important. Um, but again, how do you really know what someone's intent is without them saying hourly or asking? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a difficult topic. It's a difficult topic. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I recognize that it's it's not black and white as well. No, which I no. think is what definitely isn't. Your, definitely isn't. Your original point was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple more questions. I'm curious, how do you help others yes. find ways to express themselves through art? I don't know if I do, but I would really like to because I have the feeling that all this whole process that I went through in my personal development and in my photographic development uh, made such a difference for me that I have the strong feeling that I want to pay forward. So I, I'm not a teacher, I never was a teacher, and I probably will never be a teacher, and I don't run workshops or something like that. But I, I have the feeling that maybe by, by, by just telling the story to other people how much it helped me to reconnect to myself, to open up to myself, to feel more alive, to overcome uh, these really uh, dark times of, of, of depression, of, of anxiety, just by being more present and being outside and, and just finding an outlet for uh, all these emotions, the good ones and the bad ones, that maybe other people can see that it is possible and maybe trying to connect with their creativity uh, might be of help. And I think that everybody has this creativity. I think we are born with it. We just forget how to use it. Because I really think when, you, when you're a little child and for the first time in your life you start uh, finding a solution for something uh, and you don't have any experience, you just need to solve a problem which might be a very minor thing. You, you, you use your creativity. And then you grow up and you forget about it and you think you're not a creative person, but everybody is. Everybody's yeah. solutions for things is creative. Yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate that one of the natural byproducts of the educational system mm -hmm. and also the work environment and corporate culture and things like that, it is very much hammered out creative thought processes because it's it kind of goes counter to like following rules and yeah, things like that exactly. so you know it's um i think that's what's exciting about photography as an art form is that it's so accessible and it's something you can start anytime in your life and pick it up and learn it relatively quickly and do whatever you want with it and yeah. see what happens yeah you don't need to be technically perfect or something like that it's just a way of yeah, you could also draw or paint or I don't know what or dance. It's it's totally it, it's irrelevant what you do, but by using this creativity that you have, you I, I have the feeling that you get to know sides of yourself that you, you didn't know before. And it I for me what it did was it made me feel more alive than ever before. Um if I find a way of just making a little difference for other people who have this problem, who are uh, hide, who hide in inside themselves and who are not open. And I, I became so much more trusting and, and connected with people. I think two years ago, two two and a half years ago, I wouldn't have sat here and and I wouldn't have done this because I would have turned and and I would have run. I I was never. I wouldn't have done it. And now I I'm doing it because. 
yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I, I think that photography had a huge part in this. And I, I just want to, to show other people that, that it's possible, and, and especially out in nature, because this is such a... Uh, this is for me where I, where I recharge my batteries when I'm, I'm outside. And you don't need to go to epic places. You can do it in your backyard or in the forest yeah. somewhere. And it's, it's really, it's, it's irrelevant where you go. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, glad I'm glad you did come on because I think that your story and hearing you talk about your journey is very inspirational and I think it will resonate for a lot of our listeners. So thank I you. I hope so. I hope so because I really, I, really want, I really want to help other people with this. And I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. I know why, sorry. I don't know how exactly at the moment. But yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. Well, last question. Who do you recommend for the podcast? Who are some photographers that we should get to know better? Yeah, I would like to recommend, first of all, uh, Martin Lennart. She's um, from the Netherlands, born in the USA. And she is a very expressive photographer, uh, tries out new things all the time, always extends her horizon. And I really love her work. And she has been with me on this creative journey for quite a while now. I've known her for quite a while. Um, she's working on seascapes right now. Um, I really love her work. Um, second person I would like to recommend is Dennis Heckman. He is also from the expressive photography community. And what he does, he has these wonderful, among other things, but this is what, what strikes me most, is these wonderful um, multi, multiple exposure tree images on film. These are just, just amazing stuff, amazing stuff. Yeah, I'm, I am such a sucker for multiple exposure. I just, as long as it's not obvious that it's multiple exposure, like I love it when it tricks you. You know, you're yeah. like, whoa, and then you realize it's multiple exposure yeah, later and you're like, started wow. Stuff. I just started with that stuff. That's another, that's another one of these things that I, I was so, I was so curious because I'm, I have a Sony, and Sony doesn't offer multiple I know. Camera. Come on, Sony. Yeah, I have been, yeah. And so I went and bought myself uh, an R6, a Canon. Oh, yeah. Uh, just yeah. for that stuff, because I wanted to try it out. And I'm not going to lie. I thought, I thought about doing the same thing. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and it's, it's really fun. It's fun. But what I realized for myself was that I get stuck in this technical stuff. And I made some rather cool images but after a few days i was thinking yeah but where's the soul in it i need to go out in nature and do something where i'm more engaged i, I can do both and you can do this multi multiple exposures out there but because i didn't know anything about it i had to go into the technical side of it first right um, yeah, yeah, yeah but you got it. it has to be has to become second nature and then once yeah. it does then you'll start to see things that will go together yeah. and you won't have to think about the how. Yeah. It's more about just reacting yeah. and expressing what you want to say. I'm not at that point yet because I just stopped. No. <laughs> I was so curious about it. So I always try to, to, to try out new things. I always see where that goes. Pra practice makes perfect, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, all right, Astrid, this was, this was really fantastic, and I am looking forward to seeing 
many, many more of your incredible photographs. Thank you very much, Matt. Um, I've, I think it's, it's great what you're doing and that you're giving photographers the possibility to put themselves out there. And um, yeah, thank you very much. It was a huge honor. Well, thank you so much to Astrid for the wonderful conversation and for showcasing your incredible images with us. You are truly an inspiration. I am blown away by your story and I hope that it helps others realize the power that nature photography can have on transforming us as human beings. If you valued our conversation, I'd be super humbled if you supported the podcast financially on Patreon. Not only does Patreon put food on the table for my family, it is also how you signal to me that I'm doing something that you value. We operate on the value for value model here on the show, and I think if you value it, then you should pay for it. In my opinion, anything more than zero is totally fair in my book. Thank you to the 200 plus kind and generous souls who already do. You are truly appreciated. Thanks again. Okay, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.